Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and today we are sending off 2022 with this final show of the year by looking ahead at the RPGs that are on the horizon in 2023. As always, I am your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the university from Fanbyte Media from our episode on Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel and, of course, our Final Fantasy XIV special, Michael Hyam. How's it going, Mike? Hey, it's going right. It's, uh, you know, I'm still on break up until through the new year. So for now, I'm chilling. And when you uh, hit me up, I was like, you know what? I, you know, I, I'm on vacation. So yeah. let's just kick it. Yeah, you let's just saying? hang out. That's <laughs> what we're going to do. We're just going to nerd out and all that. But of course, happy holidays and happy new year to all you listeners and Mike, you as well. Hey, thank you. Of course. Before we dive into what we will be playing next year, I want to know. What's uh what's your year of RPGs looked like? Like what are some of the highlights that you've played, dude? Like what are some of the for games For 2020? Yeah, for 2022. What are Ooh. some of the highlights you played this year? Uh anyone who uh, follows me or my work knows uh, how Xenoblade Chronicles 3 changed my life. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, so that's good. Um, I know. Uh, I didn't really expect it to Or well, okay. Let me walk this back. Uh I always res- Oh, so I grew up I love Xenogears. Mm-hmm. Xenosaga is one, two, and three. Some of my most memorable early RPG experiences. Uh, but Xenoblade kind of passed me by. Xenoblade 2, when it came around, I was at GameSpot at the time, and it didn't really seem like my vibe. I was just like, you know, uh, it's maybe it's a little too cheesy, whatever. The character designs don't really speak to me. Uh, some of the things I was hearing about, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm probably going to pass on that. So Xenoblade kind of, yeah, I kind of let it pass me by. But the preview stuff from, like, the Nintendo Directs for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I I looked at it and thought to myself, oh, they're kind of taking itself, like, the series seems like it's taking itself a lot more serious. Um, And I kind of like the the tone that they were going for based on the preview stuff and some of the gameplay snippets they were showing. And Mm -hmm. all the character designs looked really cool. Yeah. So I gave it a shot, and immediately like the first three hours there's one of this xenoblade chronicles 3 has one of the best opening hours of a game uh, because it establishes the stakes and shows you a side of the characters that you uh, are genuinely more curious about right off the bat and uh, it's so good about teasing a little bit more and then kicking you off and just showing you the good stuff and from then on it was it was a done deal you know what i'm saying um uh, Such a good how game. How many hours into it? Yeah, it's it's incredible, and uh, it quickly became one of my favorite all time favorites, really. Uh, so yeah, and uh, the highlight of twenty twenty for me, no, not even well, and I was say not even close, but Kirby's not an RPG, but when it comes to RPGs, Xenoblade Chronicles three, uh, Pokemon. I got into Pokemon again this year because of Arceus, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually have been playing still some more Scarlet Violet. Uh, so that's. Uh, that's been dope, but uh, yeah. Other than that, some action RPGs, if you can count them. 
oh, Fire yeah. Emblem Warriors, uh, Stranger of Paradise, are legitimately some of my uh, favorites of the year. I haven't Stranger finished of live- Paradise was such <laughs> a great guilty pleasure game. I reviewed it for RPG <laughs> site, and it's like, it was just dopey fun. Like, the dialogue yeah. and everything, whatever... But count, like the gameplay of that game surprised me. I'm, yeah, it was good. It was very very fun. It was great. One of my favorites of the year. Actually, I dug the story stuff uh, quite a bit because of how ridiculous it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that really stuck with me. So yeah, going down the line, there's like Live Alive. I haven't finished Live Alive, but mm-hmm. um, I I like what I've played so far. And based on everyone I know and trust, that game is pretty wild. Is that and uh yeah a couple things here and there you know trails of zero uh we got we got a new trails game this year i know so. did you end up playing it because i know you had previously when we talked when i had you on for cold steel you had only pretty much played the first cold steel but you were into yeah. it did you play through zero uh, about halfway through zero i'm like okay. 30 or 40 hours in so i'm i'm starting to see how it's all coming together because mm-hmm. yeah since then i uh, played cold steel one two i went back and then uh played through the sky games and now I'm at zero, uh, and yeah, I love I love it a lot. It's probably like I wouldn't say the most exciting Trails game, mm-hmm. but as you know, as someone who has played Cold Steel and Sky, seeing all of the different pieces of that world kind of come together, and seeing uh, the the the, the crossbell perspective and how that all fits in together, it's just it's a magical thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like oh yeah, no 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 other series kind of I've said this many times before, but no other series really goes to the lengths that Trails does to uh, have such a multifaceted, singular narrative from multiple perspectives. And the ways in which those pieces move and all feed into each other, it's like, yeah, this is Trails. Uh, again, as I suspected, oh, yeah. Trails is great. Uh, so yeah, it's been a really good year for RPGs. Uh, really happy with pretty much everything I played, really. Yeah, and it's and it's been such a good year of not just triple a super bombastic like mm-hmm. rpgs you have wonderful smaller budget titles like um triangle strategy from square earlier you had chained mm-hmm. echoes coming out late this year you have the final final fantasy uh crisis core that released you mm-hmm. have there's so many games rpgs for like anyone you have a wonderful remasters like the tactics ogre one trails mm-hmm. and uh trails from zero it's there was something for everyone, and it, there's just so much. There's only so much time, unfortunately, and <laughs> yeah, in a year to cover these. On top of all the wonderful things from Final Fantasy fourteen, which is a big part of what you yep. do and yeah. cover. Um, I think what was it earlier this week or late last week that we had the big six point three kind of info drop in yep. trailer shown. That's coming early January, so it's just like, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're eating good. Yeah. We ate yeah. good this year, and I think we're going to continue eating good. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, I, I, I was this morning, I woke up and I was like, all right, we're going to talk about RPGs for 2023. Let me see what's coming out. And I said, yo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a perfect segue. Let's jump right into just January 2023. So I'm currently mm-hmm. looking at the list uh, courtesy of RPG site. They have a wonderful list and very well updated up to date and they keep uh right on top of it but the rpgs of 2023 so right now just in january um 
people can look forward to One Piece Odyssey, the big One Piece RPG coming oh. out. You have finally the console ports of Persona 4 Golden coming to PlayStation's platforms, Xbox, and Switch. You have Persona 3 Portable releasing that remaster coming to PlayStation, PC, and Switch. You have a brand new Fire Emblem. Monster Hunter Rise is coming to more modern consoles. For Spoken, you have these the new up or the updated version of dragon ball z kakarot all coming to ps5 and series x and s it's like and we're probably going to get 6.3 in final fantasy 14 so yeah yeah. we're we're hitting the ground running with with these with this lineup mike yeah yeah i'm uh i'm looking at it i'm a little worried about my time right off the bat (laughs) Because uh, I actually have been eyeing the One Piece game. Yeah. Uh, I am not deep into One Piece as as a self-proclaimed weeb. I it's one of my one of my um one of my gaps is One Piece. Uh, I do intend on fixing that someday, probably through the manga, because uh, I don't know if I can you know watch that many episodes of a thing. But I, I was looking at One Piece Odyssey as like an entry point. Um, need to do a little bit more research about uh its premise and all that mm-hmm. and see how it fits in with the uh manga and anime but i think it's really cool because you know a lot of one piece games have come out in the past and some of the the muso one yeah or the muso ones uh seemed like they were pretty good like i feel like one piece fans were pretty happy with what that was but one piece odyssey feels like a hey, we're we're making like we're putting full effort into a standalone game for one piece and it's a turn-based RPG, uh, and it mm-hmm. from what I've seen so far, it looks really dope. Like I would, I would play this, and I am. Uh, I'm gonna wait to see what people say about it before I, you know, invest all that time into it. But I am paying attention to that one. Yeah, it One Piece has always been one of those things that I constantly tell myself, "Oh, I'll get to it one day." Mm-hmm. Um, I I know the rough idea of the general gist of one piece. Um, so I'm curious how it would be for like someone who goes in with very little knowledge of one piece. Like I yeah. recognize maybe yeah. four characters from the cast, uh, I guess five, five or six, but it's, I, I'm like you, I'm, I'm interested by it. I like, I love turn-based RPGs. I've heard a lot of people that have tried it. Um, at various press events and even at PAX is that it plays, it kind of feels like a dragon quest, which is hundred percent my jam, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm curious to see, and I want to hear how it is, how approachable it is for like you people that aren't into one piece that haven't yeah. dove in uh, to one piece. But I think for, for me, I'm most intrigued by Forspoken. Like, Fire Emblem, mm. I love Fire Emblem Engage. I think it's going to be wonderful. Um, Persona 3 and 4, they're known quantities. But Forspoken, it's one of those games that I hope does really, really well. Like, I hope it's a solid, solid game. I haven't tried the demo. Have you? Yes, I have. Okay. What were your thoughts oh. on, on the demo? I don't know. Uh, uh, kind of the things I was worried about with Forspoken mm-hmm. kind of rung true. When I played it, uh, so the the back and forth quippy dialogue between the main protagonist and the the companion, 
So the disembodied British uh, companion uh, is your sidekick are the the rings that Frey mm-hmm. has on her arm, kind of her, her, her main weapon where she gets her powers. Her MacGuffin. Yes. And the dialogue between them is, it's not, it's not, how do I put this? I was on on, I was on a previous podcast trying to explain how I felt about it. And I had trouble there, and I'm still having trouble now. It's not necessarily bad or cringy. It's just it's kind of wasted space and not necessarily used in a way that I think uh, helps mm-hmm. you know a player engage with the world or or the characters who are speaking. It's like you're in the middle of battle and you're fighting twenty enemies or whatever, and the they're having a conversation that has nothing to do with what's happening on screen. And there's like meaningless quips between mm-hmm. each other. So it just fe- it feels like filler Disjointed, dialogue for the it sounds sake. like. Yeah, for the sake of filling the space because it's too afraid of being quiet or something. Um, but uh, that demo doesn't really go into main story stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I, you know, I'm, still, uh, I'm still curious about that part. So I'm not like writing off the game um, yeah. off the bat. Because uh, there, there are some cool things with the combat. I think the the movement is one of the more intriguing things. Uh, and some of the ways you can combine the different powers. The problem I have with the gameplay, from a gameplay perspective, is the way in which you switch between powers. I think the UI is... Because the game moves fast in the mm-hmm. middle of combat, that switching between powers, it's um, it's hard to tell what's what in your UI. So when you're in the middle of okay. combat and trying to switch between things, I'm like, ah, oh, what's what's this icon again? Like the icons aren't distinguishable enough mm-hmm. to be like, oh, yep, I'm switching to that power. Ooh, I'm switching that power. I'm like, wait, what's what is this radial menu again? Like, um, maybe that'll come with time. And the demo kind of drops you in with uh, several powers, so um, that's probably also a thing that you know playing through the game from the beginning might solve because you can. You know, get attuned to it uh, slowly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's one that I'm paying attention to. Like I'm, I mean, it's big, big Square Enix joints for mm-hmm. better or worse. Um, you know, I'm gonna pay attention to them. I'm gonna give them a shot. So, uh, and I, yeah, like you said, it's probably the most uh, unknown quantity of what's coming out in January. Yeah. It. I, one thing I will give Square credit for is their approach. Granted, they've done this mostly for a lot of their Switch games, like their HD2D games, where they'll release a demo and they will kind of act on feedback. I know they did yeah. it with Bravely Default Octopath Traveler, where they adjusted and fine-tuned things. So hopefully okay. that will be taken into account and, and done with Forspoken as well. Um but are, are you going to make another one of those really boisterous claims, like games of the year kind of games of the show uh, from a, a very specific, uh, someone said something very similar for Babylon's Fall. I don't know who uh, it was. Uh, can't, it can't, <laughs> could, couldn't be me. <laughs> could, could, couldn't. Uh, I've learned my lesson uh, with that, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I mean, I, the thing with Forspoken is that I think some people really dove into its gameplay systems mm-hmm. and had some really cool gameplay clips. So I definitely see the potential in what it has going on. Uh, what's, I guess once you kind of figure things out and how to string things together, like the demo doesn't... The Granted, it's a demo, and I wish that they did this better, but they uh, 
they don't tutorialize like any of that stuff. They tutorialize the basics, like oh, this mm-hmm. is the attack button. Here's the guard button. Here's the radio. Here's how to bring up a radio menu. But they don't really speak to. I don't think there's anything to reference about how you string things together. So um, hopefully that's better. Uh, like you said, maybe they'll implement elements of that in the full game, but. Uh, for this one, at least, you know, I, I saw you see gameplay. And I'm like, ah, I kind of see what they're trying to go for. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, January, pff, man, stacked months. Tell you. Even if you're not, yeah. a, even if Forspoken doesn't turn out to be as good as folks want or hope it to be, there's plenty of other things yeah. that they can play. Um, yeah. And real quick, also totally overlooked it. Shout out to Superfuse. This was a game that I tested oh. out at PAX. So it's like a cell shaded comic book like aesthetic to it. Science mm-hmm. fiction comic book, uh, Diablo like looter game, like cooperative oh, looter yeah. game. Um, was really really impressed with it at when I played it back at PAX. Um, it's entering early er, entering early access right now uh, at the end of the month. So give that one a check out too if that's that genre is kind of your jam. Before we move cool. into February, which oh, we what? have, uh, I do want to yeah. mention uh, Fire Emblem Engage. People have that's true had hands on with it. And for as silly as that game looks, I'm hearing that from a from a from a gameplay and mechanical side of things, it is pretty fucking cool. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, don't sleep on Fire. I mean, not that Fire Emblem is going to be slept on anyway. It's a major Nintendo franchise, right? Yeah. But uh, I think that I don't think necessarily that the the trailers and the marketing materials have done that game justice. From what I saw, I've looked up previews. I'm sure RPG site has uh, has done as well, um, and I'm I'm back in it. I I replayed Three Houses this past year, and really really put a lot of time into that game again. So I'm like, you know, I think I'm good off of Fire Emblem. But looking at Engage, I'm like, all right, yeah, I think uh, I think I might, this might be a day one. Yeah, it it looks very impressive so far. Um, ah. The interested like the aesthetic and very bright and vibrant art style is is new. Uh, and kind of unique to the, to the genre, but everything I've seen looks very good, and I'm anxious to uh, to, to to play through it and and check it out. Okay. Uh, next up, we move on into February with some other uh, we're some other big bangers. We got some remasters. We got some like remake s games that we're finally getting in the West. So we have Tales of Symphony remastered coming out, like a Dragon Eshin. This is the um the yakuza spinoff that takes place in feudal japan we have digimon next order releasing on switch and pc octopath traveler 2 is coming out this time not only just on switch but also releasing day and date on playstation platforms and pc um atelier rise of 3 is coming out i hear rise is always one of those games that i've wanted to get into yeah um and void terrarium 2 is releasing on ps4 and switch i never got into the first one but um i know it's it, a lot of people liked it from what i recall but and then the, the so i'm curious what you think from a games media perspective mike what do you think is the best way for sites sh- to cover hogwarts because i feel game. like because I feel like you're damned if you you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the game that must not be named. Yeah, huh? Uh, it's hard uh, to kind of think about what a site broadly should do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think if you're going to cover it, you should cover everything, but uh, some sites necessarily aren't equipped to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a... So here, here's, here's the problem, is that Hogwarts Le- Legacy, like it or not, is going to be a huge game. It is going to mm-hmm. sell bonkers. And many sites uh, uh, who kind of more or less survive off guides you know this is this is you know you you can't they can't necessarily pass this up for the sake of the site itself um and uh, many sites like that probably aren't necessarily equipped to cover this game in a critical capacity um so i don't know it's hard Uh, i think that a lot of you know, a lot of sites are just going to kind of roll with the normal coverage stuff. But for me, like, if I were to work for a site that's going to cover this game, you know, you need, I think the staff should be open and honest about what mm-hmm. uh, the deal is with J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter franchise. Um, and I think that should be covered with uh, proper, uh, handle it with uh, proper care and yeah, like I said, being open and honest about what the things the things that J.K. Rowling has said, the things that she stands for, the way those things are manifested in the Harry Potter universe. Mm-hmm. Because as someone who grew up on Harry Potter, you know, looking back at a lot of that stuff, you can see right through it. Um, if you go back and watch some of the movies, or if you read through some of the text again, um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think like major sites like uh, like Gamespot um, and IGN have, you know covered those things at length uh and yeah. will continue to do so uh, as they should uh but also i also think that they're going to go on with uh normal coverage and i think um yeah there's you have to be in a very uh precarious position or you have to be in a special position to pass up on you know covering the game in a normal capacity so i like the, the capitalistic yeah. side of things you know that's just the reality of running a site right yeah um and you you know you're with rpg sites so i'm sure you know what the you know, what the numbers look like what what success means for your site and when big games come along it's um yeah i i'm unfortunately there's a reality that goes into um being a part of media so yeah um yeah i i don't i don't want to like dig too deep quite oh, yet for into, sure yeah yeah but uh, i will be keeping my eye on how the game is covered from other sites because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah this is a it's a tricky one but it's also an important one too i think it's going to be a learning experience for a lot of us in media and those who are paying attention to this sort of thing i i feel bad for the folks that will be doing the reviews i mm. just because it's it's like like you said with guides like with a lot of these sites like whoever does it for IGN GameSpot or what whatever site it and you're reading a review on it's that the reviewer is not necessarily playing it because it, it's their job and it's not that yeah. they necessarily condone or support it's just a it's a job it's it, it's yeah. a way to make money and since you and I both know so many wonderful people in this industry that probably at least one of them will be stuck doing a review or some sort of coverage for, for the (laughs) game and just know that like the hate 
in kind of the trolls that will come out and uh go yeah, after it's it's uh yeah it, it's tricky to incorporate that sort of thing into yeah. a review too like we've we've thought about this a lot um in previous like projects previous coverage of like you know when we know a studio has already been investigated for crunch practices mm-hmm. and then we review the game like how do we incorporate that it's like well we're reviewing the game and this is an ongoing story so um like we're going to maybe not incorporate that interview or we're going to, you know, link out to our previous coverage to be like, Hey, just so you know, we're aware that XX, X, Y, and Z is happening. Here's our previous coverage on that topic. Um, But this is our review. Um, So I think the, there might be, I mean, I'm not sure what the best way to go about it with Hogwarts legacy. Be like, Hey, here's all, all our articles about how JK Rowling is transphobic and has contributed to transphobic causes. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think that would be the bare minimum would Mm -hmm. be to include that, that stuff. Be like, Hey, listen, we know, and here's what we've done previously, uh, on the topic. Um, and this is our review of the game itself. Uh, I think that would be a way of doing it. Uh, of course there's no like perfect way. There's no one correct way to do it. Uh, there are certainly wrong ways to do it. I'll tell (laughs) that much. Um, so, but yeah, uh, like I said, uh, I think. Um, I think there's going to be a lot to learn from the process. Um, and I think that media in general will probably be, be better afterwards, like, you know, upon reflection, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, there's, like I said, there's no doubt that there's going to be millions of people who have no idea that uh, J.K. Rowling has been on a wild transphobic tirade for many years at this point. Yeah. Uh, and s- several other things. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people who just either, who also don't care. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna they're gonna buy this game, and that's uh, like I'm not I don't I don't feel bad for you know Hogwarts Legacy or the Harry Potter franchise because this is gonna sell. It's gonna do gangbusters. Wild. Yeah, whether yeah, regardless, it's just um, you know this is an opportunity uh, for uh, kind of people in media to cover this game uh, in a more critical capacity from mm-hmm. various angles. That you know it's gonna be challenging, but we'll see. We'll make it through. A game that won't cause controversy, though. Uh, like a Dragon Ishin. I know mm. lots of people have been excited for this one and are huge <laughs> with Yakuza. Um, you're you're a big Yakuza fan, right? Oh, oh, oh am I? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Oh, you know, okay. This is one of those things where... When I was when I got into Yakuza and I started mm-hmm. doing interviews with the devs, um, it was back in like 20, yeah, 2018 was when I got full into Yakuza. And I started doing the coverage for the games, um, and I talked to a lot of localizers uh, and producers like Daisuke, Daisuke Sato, who's no longer with the company, and also Toshiro Nagoshi, who's no longer with uh, the head of RDG Studio. And uh, yeah, some of the localizers like um, Scott Strickert mm-hmm. is a big one, John Reisenbach, those are the homies. Um, and the thing that they always got <laughs> was, where's Yakuza Ishin? Where's Yakuza Ishin? Where's Yakuza Ishin? Um, and then when it finally got revealed that this is coming west, they were like, finally, everyone, <laughs> shut your mouth. It's coming. Never oh, ask man. me for this... anything ever again. Yep. Ever. Yep. So this has been a long time coming because Ishin and Kenzan are both, they were exclusive to Japan back in the PS3. Like Kenzan Ishin is the out. zombie one, right? 
No, that's um, that's uh, Dead Souls. Oh, that's right. Which is yeah, that came out west, but it's still stuck on the PS3. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Ishin was originally a PS3 game, and uh, yeah, this is the one that's kind of it takes all of the Yakuza characters that we know, uh, their models and their voice actors, and uh, just recasts them as just different characters in historical Japan in the Edo period. Uh, so it's a it's a historical it's a what's the word what's the word um a period piece okay. so it's like a like 1860s period piece or like 1800s period piece uh in japan kind of the transitional period between the edo period and like the more modern period for japan uh so it has all that historical drama um so it had like the historical figures or some are historical figures who are just the yakuza characters that we know mm-hmm. um it's almost as if all the Yakuza characters got together and said, hey, we're going to do a stage play <laughs> uh, of <laughs> historical Japan. And that's kind of what Like a Dragon Ishin is. But this one, of course, is a you know full-on kind of a remake uh, in the dr- new Dragon Engine, coming to all, um, all the current-gen platforms, kind of redoing a lot of the gameplay. Uh, but more or less, I think it's the same story. But that's great because, you know, it never came out west. So this is... Definitely. This is like on the top, near the top of my most anticipated for the year. Oh, yeah. This is... So my Yakuza journey is I started Yakuza 0 when it came to Game Pass. And I played a bit, but then I just kind of dropped it. Like, other things came out. And it's much like One Piece. This is one of those series that I just tell myself, I'll get to it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I have all of them on physical disc. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're sealed on my game shelf, but one day... One day I'll get there, but I I know oh, so many man. people that are huge huge Yakuza fans. Josh Silverman, um, yep, as an example, you and, and many others. So I'm very happy that you are all finally getting Ishin. <laughs> um, oh come on, Scott! I'm telling I, the dean to investigate you at RPG I have University. Them. <laughs> I have them. Uh, oh. My big game though for february has to be octopath traveler 2 mm-hmm. um yeah. i love what square has done to re- continue continuously refine their hd 2d aesthetic and graphic system and uh, i was a big fan of octopath traveler 1 i wish it was more joined together that it, everything didn't feel quite as disjointed but overall it was an rpg with a job system and that's like <laughs> yeah that's just like okay sure i'll just love it um but yeah, very excited that Octopath Traveler is coming out. It was a nice surprise that it's coming out on PS5 and PS4 as well, in addition to PC right at launch. So yeah, I'm I'm anxious to dive in and experience all the new classes. I love the art and everything they've shown so far. It's mm-hmm. yeah. big fan. Are, did you ever play through the original Octopath or any of the two, HD 2D games? Yeah, so well, I well, did, never you did finished. live a yeah, I, I did. Uh, I did play through like so. It's kind of the same thing with Octopath Traveler one, and um, Live Alive, where I play about like twenty thirty hours or mm-hmm. about halfway through the game. Like I get deep into it, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come back to this. I just need to move on for a moment, uh, and then I never do. And I look back at the game like, damn, that was a great game, huh? Dang, I never finished it though. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I still have yeah. like a save on my Switch for Octopath Traveler one um like i said live alive i'm still 
working on it. I want to see the rest of uh, that, what that game mm -hmm. has to offer because it's wild. Uh, I haven't touched Triangle Strategy yet, though, and I think that's like one of my probably the one of the big gaps of this year for uh, this year for me. Yeah, is uh, Triangle Strategy, which also has like the HD 2D mm -hmm. style to it as well. Uh, I played the demo. It's like cool. Um, I love tactical RPGs, but um, so I, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Since I haven't like I'm not deep in Octopath uh, with with uh, two, uh, is it uh, a new separate set of stories? Is it a continuation? Um, I, and what are the some of the some of the key features that they're adding here, or is it just like kind of more of the same? Like, I believe it's totally it, they're brand new characters. I know, and I believe mm -hmm. it's a completely different world. Um, I don't think I think it's very Final Fantasy esque in that approach where there might be similar themes. Uh, they're just they're not connected though. Okay. Okay. In terms of new features and things, I honestly don't know. Uh, I'm I've done my best to try and keep um, kind of blind from it, just yeah. so it can as much as I can keep keep it as a surprise. Sure, um, yeah. I know they've done some videos and presentations or like tweets and stuff of the new characters and kind of introducing them along with their voice actors, which I think is cool. cool. Um, but in terms of new features and things, I, I honestly don't know. I couldn't tell you. Okay, cool. But yeah, I'm probably going to keep my eye on it. Cause like you said, if it's, if it's like a separate kind of thing, maybe I'll just jump straight into this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a all new set of jobs. I think there's a couple jobs from the previous one that cross over like are here too, like the apothecary or things like that. But I think there's also like a detective like character or something. Seems cool. Okay. It has cool art. Um, you have tales of symphony getting remastered again. Yeah. I'm, I love tales games. I think Symphonia was great. I'm kind of over them releasing Symphonia over and over again. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There are so many other Tales games I'd rather them release again as opposed to another, especially 30 frames per second version uh, of yeah. Symphonia. It'll be good. I'll still buy it. It's still a wonderful game, so if you haven't played it, definitely pick it up. Uh, but there are so many other wonderful Tales games that have been lost to time, like Exilion, the PS3. Yeah. Um, Tales of the Abyss, even. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic game on PS2. It eventually got a port on 3DS, but that's pretty much locked away as well with the shop shutting down and prices going up on that. So let give Symphonia a rest. Remaster, re-release re uh, another Tales game is, is all I ask. <laughs> Before we head into March, which... Um, Still little fluctuations. We don't know too much. We're starting to get into the kind of more nebulous era of the year. We're not quite sure what all's coming out, but we do have a couple releases. We have Ninja Theory's Wulong Fallen Destiny coming out um, on the PlayStation and Xbox and PC. Um, that's in the beginning of the month. The System Shock remake re uh, reboot, I believe, is coming out later that month. But the big one that I think you and I are looking at, Mike is trails to azure the follow-up to mm -hmm. tra trails from zero yep gonna be good so you have you have yeah. until march to finish i do to finish zero yep <laughs> i sure do uh plenty of time but we'll see if i if i make that time because 
I've been meaning to get back on the cold steel train for a while now, and I'm still like, oh yeah, I'll get to. It. I still need to do three and four. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I the, the well the thing for me is that initially I was like, haha, what if I wait for this is before Zero mm-hmm. and Azure were even confirmed to be yeah. uh, re re released in the West or released in the West. And I was like, haha, what if I wait until we get zero in Azure? And then we got zero in Azure. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll come back to three because uh, if I recall correctly, I mean, uh, you probably know yes. since you played you play three, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of three is three is when things start to kind of come together a little bit more. Yes. Between all the different uh, the different time or not the timelines, different uh, factions uh, from Cross Bell and uh, Liberal with uh, Joshua and uh, Estelle. Yep. So, yeah, I'm like, oh, actually, you know, this this is kind of working out quite well. But yeah, Trails of Azure. Ooh, um, I'm excited just because, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I like Trails from Zero. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I think the, the cool thing about Zero is that like they said, hey, here's here's your squad. These are the four people you're going to yep. rock with. Um, and immediately off the bat, they can build that that um, that repertoire between the different characters. And uh, I, I like them a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, of course, Lloyd is like your your straight man. He's um, gonna play it straight. And then uh, Tio, uh, uh, Randy Orlando. Let me tell you about Randy Orlando. Dog, yeah. that is like the that is the coolest fucking name in any RPG. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, yeah, this is a good group of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm definitely. Trails of Azure. I didn't re- even realize. I mean, I f- figured this out a little while ago, but I didn't realize how soon Azure was going to come out because um, uh, Zero was was like kind of in the middle of this year or not too long ago. So mm-hmm. even like less than a full year, uh, Azure is uh, coming out as well. So it's cool to kind of have that one-two punch, not not waiting too long. Uh, between the different uh, Trails games. Well, we're going to have one, two, three, four punches, really. Yeah. Because uh, Trails of Azure are going to be great. Can't wait for it. But then jumping ahead a little bit to July, we'll come back to the other months, we have yeah. Trails into Reverie. So after Azure, <laughs> you have like four months, Mike, yeah. <laughs> to beat Cold Steel 3 and 4 before <laughs> Into Reverie comes out. Yeah, and you know what and comes everything out gets that fucking crazy. <laughs> oh my god! And you got Final. Well, we'll talk about Final Fantasy yeah. sixteen, of course, like later on. But <laughs> between that time, that in and of itself would be a daunting task if two of the other biggest, most anticipated games in like the past decade weren't also coming out in the yeah. convenient <laughs> months, um, which also are going to probably be like hundred hour games. Right. Exactly. You know what? There's more than a hundred hours in a, mo- uh, a month. You'll be fine. That's, that's um, true. But before we get to those months, probably one of the games I'm legit most excited about is coming out in April. It's the Mega Man Battle Network Ooh. Legacy Collection with online trading and net battling. I am so fucking hyped for this game, Mike. Yeah? Oh, man. I previewed it. Because <sighs> uh, Capcom had us at their at their office a uh, couple... Actually, in September. This was for Street Fighter Six, the RE uh, Village mm-hmm. DLC and something else uh oh and re4 like, um, no 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 it actually wasn't re4 uh i wish it was it was um the other thing was monster hunter rise dlc and... uh, which was cool yeah and then uh, i was like damn i miss uh 
Not RE4 though, but uh, damn, I wish. Uh, but yeah, Mag uh, Mega Man, Mega Man. Oh, yo. Oh, that no. no. It makes me sad. That no. hurts my soul, Mike. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that hurts me too, man. <laughs> please don't. Please, please no. don't. Um, no one make that happen. No one make that a reality. We don't need that energy in this world. <laughs> we don't. But Mega Man Battle Network. I had forgot how dope Battle Network was, man, until I was got hands on. I did the preview for the Legacy Collection. The music is still incredible. That battle system is still novel, really. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just like, wow. I feel like, you know, there have been games who have tapped into that s similar sort of energy, right? But the ways in which, you know, Battle Network still holds up as its own thing, like, damn, this is still really cool. It's, it's one of those series that I have such fond memories of, um... I remember the Christmas that I got my original clamshell, not clam, not even the clamshell. It was the semi-transparent purple plastic, like one of the early first options you could get a Game Boy Advance on. Oh, I remember yeah, yeah. going to GameStop like the day after Christmas that year that I got it to pick up the first Battle Network and fell in love with that. I remember playing and trading with friends in high school, Battle Network 2 and 3, and it's one of those series that I'm striving to collect every, the cartridge of every version of the game. Um, I think I'm I'm missing two more, but uh, it's it's just one of those games that I just love going back to because, like you said, it has that unique battle system. The music is fantastic. I think graphically it still holds up really well. Um, in the work that they're putting into it, adding the online functionality, the trading, the special battle chips that were previously only Japan exclusives. And it's, it's, I'm very excited to see how it does. And considering that the original games, like through emulators already have like their own internet, like online tournaments, like mm -hmm. retro communities built up around the, the online net battling. I just can't wait to see what, what this does and how it all flows. And even if online is garbage, which I hope, hope it isn't, we're still getting 10 wonderful games yeah. that I just can't wait to play again. Yeah, it's so cool, so cool. Another thing that stood out to me about um, Battle Network is mm -hmm. the writing and the humor because mm -hmm. I mean, it's still, yeah, it's just a, a port or remaster of that original game. So... And, you know, Battle Network is wrapped in this early 2000s understanding of the internet. So it has a lot of... It almost it feels very nostalgic, not just because it's an old game I played a long time yeah. before, but it's almost a time capsule of that era of online culture. And just, like, the terminology mm -hmm. and the ways in which the characters talk about the internet as this new phenomenon in their lives... It's fascinating, and uh, yeah, it's. I can't wait to like play through it and just pick, pluck out different pieces of like, mm -hmm. wow, that's a throwback. I did forgot that we, you know we thought of the internet like this, or um, yeah, there's just like a lot of fascinating things in that regard. So yeah, it's a really cool thing to have. How the one of the main villains was the W three or WWW. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, you like... you're so clever. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's. April is still nebulous. We don't know much about what specifically is coming out in April, but May we got uh, the one of the big ones, probably, arguably going to be Game of the Year next year. Uh, <sighs> would it be surprised? Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, what else is there to say it, about it? What's your... Okay, I need to know. Do you it's, consider Zelda an RPG, and what's your thoughts uh, on weapon degradation? Because I'm not in yeah. much of the Zelda is an RPG camp. I think yeah. Tears and Breath of the Wild are a bit closer to RPGs. But like Ocarina of Time, I don't do. I don't think of as an RPG. Like older yeah, Zelda yeah, games, yeah. I don't agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, because like when I mean, RPG has become more and more nebulous as time's gone on. Of course. Yeah. Um, but still, like when I think of RPG, I still think of, um, you know, progression systems, uh, stats that you have to work with, mm-hmm. or, um, at the very least, like skill trees. Um, and like there's a mathematical. Uh, element or like a like a like a, an apparent mathematical element behind the scenes that goes on that determines mm-hmm. a lot of the systems and mechanics uh in the in an rpg so i think that's a core element that uh that would be at the forefront uh to consider a game an rpg to me at least uh, of course that can shift and change in different ways so right. it's a little hard to pin zelda as an rpg even though like you said breath of the wild Tears of the kingdom you know have a little bit be a little bit closer to what you might perceive as an RPG but i feel like also zelda at this point is so big that it's you know it's it's hard to ignore at all yeah um but uh yeah and then so the thing about weapon degradation um i think weapon degradation is a good thing in the zelda friend or mm-hmm. at least for the way breath of the wild incorporates it um because it, it, it does provide that element of scarcity and careful consideration for what you use and at what time you use it. Um, it is like, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of, sometimes it's bothersome. Sometimes it feels like it just gets in the way, but that's part of how the game pushes back on you, right? Um, of course, like, I mean, it's different when you like the Master Sword and all this other shit. So, um, but I, I think that that is, that is a core element of what, makes breath of the wild kind of mm-hmm. I, I, I in a way like it borrows from survival games in that regard and i think that you know it fits the breath of the wild uh overall concept of what that game was going for um so yeah with like cooking and you know uh, open exploration yeah. and then you know weapon degradation yeah it does borrow a lot from uh, survival games a little bit uh, but puts them into a really incredibly well put together adventure action adventure game yeah. um so yeah it's uh weapon degradation is good but i don't know if i would call it necessarily an rpg but i respect it yeah i think i understand the jit like for my my input on weapon degradation i don't on its surface level i don't hate it like i i completely understand with mm-hmm. what you're going with what with with the point you're making and i think it does that very well i just wish like there was a maybe like a difficult side quest or something that you could get like three or four weapons that don't break like okay tie a weapon to each of the three goddesses like din's bow for or ferrari's bow din's axe what have you and then your master sword that you can like go and seek out that won't break and i'm sorry i fucking hate the recharge idea of the master sword Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, I did a test when it came out. You can, like, chop down 20-some trees and, like, you lose access to Master Store for a while. And it's like, I'm sorry. 
The Master Sword's been sleeping for like a hundred years. It doesn't need to suddenly take a nap after ch- chopping some trees. It, yeah. Like that. That I think is what really soured me to it. It's mm. like this is stupid. I don't like that the Master that you can just like lose access to the Master Sword. I think the rest makes sense. I would like that to be able to find weapons. Doesn't even have to be like super powerful weapons. Like give me a unbreakable knight sword clearly not the strongest or best those still break but ones that i don't necessarily have to worry about like that would just i think be perfect for me yeah uh and lock them behind I'm, like a tough quest like that's how yeah. i that's what i would prefer like like mm, to have like that really option work for it yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah i, I, I want to see how they're going to kind of mix that stuff up because like I don't think Nintendo would spend all this time and put out uh, a whole like the same game, of course. So, mm-hmm. um, so I yeah, would we really don't know systems. much. Yeah, it, it it is really wild that like yes, this is the sequel to Breath of the Wild, but still, in a way, it's still kind of a mystery. You know, we, we mm-hmm. saw a little bit of gameplay through the trailers, and like, oh my god, we're going into the skies. It's gonna be so much bigger than we thought uh, Breath of the Wild could be. So. Uh, but from like getting into like the nitty gritty nerdy stuff of you know how the weapons work and um, the dynamics that those systems create, yeah, uh, that's the part I'm going. Uh, I am paying attention to. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm, and it's one of those games where I hope we'll no doubt get a Tears of the Kingdom direct February, oh, yeah. maybe March or April. Yeah. Um, and we'll find out more. And I'm just like, people will get it. <laughs> a direct isn't going to magically sell people that like are anti Zelda on, <laughs> yeah. on it. It's just going to make people rabid for the game more so. So yeah, Zelda, it's more Zelda. You'll buy it if you like Zelda and have a switch. I mean, um, yep. the next game that you will have on your plate to tackle before trails into reverie um, to throw you off your cold steel game mike is a little final fantasy 16 coming out in june oh sweet little indie joint right little indie joint it's the final one i hear it's finals in the title so it's the last one part 16 part 16 it's it's a very dragged out finale for square (laughs) um but yeah this game just continues to look better and better every time i see it yeah absolutely um yeah, I don't know what else there is to to, to say about sixteen at this point, um, but uh, like as as Final Fantasy fourteen mm-hmm. players, it's the most fascinating part for me as we've seen more and more of this game is seeing the ways in which uh, fourteen is manifested into sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, with Naoki Yoshida being the producer, with a lot of the Heavensward team working on this game, like it's Creative Business Unit Three, which is the Final Fantasy XIV dev team, uh, and like hearing the music from Soken. Um, and the thing I always say is that the thing about I I'm very excited about sixteen is that it's the Final Fantasy XIV team <laughs> being able to show the rest of the world who doesn't play the MMO what they're capable of. Um, cause mm-hmm. like, yeah, 14 has 20 something, 20 plus million players right now. Um, it's the most, it's the biggest money maker for Square Enix year in and year out. Um, 
everyone knows the phenomenon but not everyone is necessarily deep into the game right not everyone has a level 90 character caught up on msq and all that Mm -hmm. um and yeah some people still look at 14 and think oh that's the mmo i'm never gonna play it and that's cool but 16 is like all right this is you know i want to i want to see what this is because i know what this team is capable of and there there i have some reservations about what we've seen from 16 so far but like you know when i hear the music when i hear the dialogue and when i hear from people on the inside who uh who like know a little bit more about the game than um what's publicly available it's like i don't know man i i like give me this game already man i just yeah. want to see what it is finally um because as as detailed as those trailers are there's still like you know you know we see clive as a as as an older as a young adult and we see him as an adult and we see him as an older adult Mm -hmm. and the way those timelines kind of work and the different dynamics and different characters uh like is there a party system like yes we just found out that there is a party system but i think it's like you command your party members to do certain things like you do in action games um like how much of an rpg this is how do the uh, the summons work in the icons. How do they incorporate into the story? Who's Joshua? What's his deal? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's they're setting this thing up so well that yeah, I don't think they I don't think they for well, I mean for me they never really had to show much because it's a Final Fantasy yeah. game, right? But but now it's kind of like okay, I think we I think we know as much as we need to know to 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 jump into this. So like come on just come on y'all like get the previews lined up let's go let's go oh i know and it's like this is happening this is releasing like a week after e3 Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) it's i feel bad for the the news outlets that will be jumping from e3 coverage straight into final fantasy everything coverage yeah because we're probably gonna get copies well before e3 yeah uh or at least like you know, well, I you would hope, hope at least like three weeks in advance or a month in advance. Um, and I think like the thing for another thing too is that you know Naoki Yoshida being the producer, mm-hmm. um, like he doesn't like I think Final Fantasy is or Square Enix in general with their big franchises are known for uh, like delays and you know ske- like being off schedule and things like that. Um, as we know from like the Kingdom Hearts games, from like uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen versus all this other yeah. shit, uh, but like Naoki Yoshida and his team do not mess around when it comes to those sorts of things. Like, if they say it's gonna release on that day, it's gonna come out on that day. And if they say that they're they're on schedule, if they're ahead of schedule, whatever, they really mean that. So, uh, very confident that this game is gonna come out on that day, uh, June twenty second or twenty third. Um, uh, so. Yeah. I would hope that they would be ready for, you know, press copies well in advance. But, man, playing through that and lead up to while with E3 in the middle. Oh, it's going to be no. going to be brutal. going to no. be brutal. So here's my big brain uh, prediction. The world of 16 is going to somehow be a reflection or shard of Eorzea in Fortnite. <laughs> Uh, that's how they're going to get even more people to play yeah, 14. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to find out more, play Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, that would be wild. I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't do that, but I, what I think, like, I'm not completely mm-hmm. um, writing off that theory, 
but I think they will leave enough uh, to theory crafts uh, or to yeah. have fan theories about that. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like Final Fantasy has so many of those ethereal concepts that uh, for, that are open for interpretation, all this other stuff. So I think yeah. that there will be there'll be enough room. There'll be nuggets. Yeah, yeah. There'll be nuggets. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we touched on this a little bit earlier, but then in July, early July, July 7th, Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie releases. This surmises the first half of basically everything that's happened up until this point in the Legend of Heroes series. So it, it's basically the bridge game, the bridge gap between Cold Steel and everything previous to that into the next arc. Uh, Kuro no Kiseki, which is still a Japan-only exclusive. Gonna be wild. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, NIS has recently been doing Twitter posts of all the voice actors for all the characters coming back, and it's... God, so much. Just, like, five or so tweets, just so many characters and their voice actors, so... But it's cool, I... The voice cast, and there's so much voice work in these games, I'm glad they're highlighting and really showing off the, the voice actors, because they all do a wonderful job yep and then in august another little rpg baldur's gate 3 is releasing oh man it's from larian studios who makes divinity original sin and all those recently finished my divinity original sin 2 playthrough with Uh um like took us a year and a half but matt storm josh silverman and uh, matt finman and i all co-opted it together oh, wow. and, and cool. play through it was such a good time and we're anxiously awaiting picking back up and playing through Baldur's gate 3 as well but that's going to be yeah. a massive game um are, is that style of computer rpg or like divinity original sin 2 did you forget bigger into those mike yeah i i have there is a time like as a kid i played a lot of jrpgs because i had access to snes and ps1 mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> About the, like, in the mid-2000s, I got deep into PC gaming. Um, so, and I went back and played, like, Neverwinter Nights, OG Baldur's Gate. Um, like, Bio, like old Bioware games were huge for me. Um, and Divinity Original Sin 2 was kind of like a reawakening for that sort of thing. When it came out, it was, like, one of the few 10 out of 10s at GameSpot. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, at the time we were, because uh, we had a freelancer do it, and he was like, yeah, this is a 10. And we're like, yeah. This game is a 10. Um, and it, yeah, it took us by storm. It's just the level. So the thing, I, I like RPGs when mm-hmm. the systems are like kind of contained. Uh, like I, I can see all the variables and let me mess around with that. Um, yeah. And then I'll go on uh, like the critical path or whatever. Uh, these games can be very overwhelming because of how much freedom you're given. You're given freedom yeah. for so many things in the game and you really have to or i really have to stop myself and just say roll with the punches you really have to roll with the punches um if something bad happens figure out how to get out of it um just because it really puts role playing into the rpg uh mm-hmm. like in the rpg sense so it's uh it's original sin 2 is wild it is an achievement that game is phenomenal and uh, I haven't played any of the early access stuff for Baldur's Gate 3 because I'm kind of, um, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to have that tease of like, oh, here's a little bit of Baldur's Gate 3, but you'll have to wait. 
Um, yeah, here's or, the first act, but the other <laughs> four acts, you're going to have to wait. Yeah. I yeah. Hear. But everything I've been hearing about it has been like, everyone's like, yeah, this is this is that shit. And like Larian Studios is just like, I really like how they go about mm -hmm. doing these games, the way with their dev blogs, um, the way their their team is kind of, um, you know, the, the way they, they communicate yeah. with the community and like doing early access, um, showing off pieces of it and then but being very uh like they're not hyping themselves up so much right. when i really think that they should be because they do have something special on their hands or it seems uh that way and like just how that manifests in the game itself like what you can do with the character creator the different things mm -hmm. the different ways in which you can uh like decide what to do with your character in the game it's uh yeah they they really nail down the possibilities of what tabletop RPGs can be. And putting that... I mean, Divinity Original Sin 2 has a tabletop mode in it. And and they're coming out with a tabletop board game. Yeah. So, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's the perfect translation of the, the tabletop ethos mm -hmm. in video game form. So, much respect to Larian Studios. Baldur's Gate 3. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get into it right off the bat just because of how much other stuff is uh, in and around it, but definitely keeping my eyes on it oh yeah and it's and it's wild just in those three months august june and may in pretty much any other year one of the like if each one of those games were by themselves in a year there's a high likelihood that they could probably be like end up going on to win many game of the year awards sure, yeah and we're like, nah, you get them all in a single year. And this oh is just God, RPGs. Yeah. That doesn't include. This doesn't include <laughs> yeah. like Resident Evil Four remake. This doesn't include yeah. Street Fighter. Like, oh. it's wild how many big games are coming out next year. Yeah. Outside yeah. even RPGs, and I, I'm a firm believer that we are not getting Final Fantasy VII Rebirth next year. I think that is going to be like January or February 2024. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% sure that Rebirth will be, I would say, February, probably. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I, I'm sure, I, I really hope that's the case, because Rebirth is, is, like, shot up. Ever, ever since finishing Crisis Core mm -hmm. and replaying through 7, uh, and then replaying, I've replayed Integrate, I'm, like, all Final Fantasy 7 out. I'm, like, give me Rebirth as soon as possible, but maybe not, because <laughs> 23 is already, and I don't want to have that conversation yeah. between 16 and 7 Rebirth in the same year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We're at the, they, they say winter next year. I think that that's what the wording was in yeah. the trailer that we got this year. That means definitely not 2023. They're definitely giving yeah. themselves uh, that, that out. It's going to be early 24, which I hope because, yeah. It, like you, so you mentioned, you know, what we know about mm -hmm. Baldur's Gate 3 and also based on Divinity Original Sin 2, like, holy shit. Everyone kind of looks at 23, but like, oh, Game of the Year might be a contest between, you know, Zelda and maybe Final Fantasy 16. Uh, oh, like Starfield's also coming out this year. Uh, That's that right. Year. We, we I didn't even touch on Starfield. Yeah. I didn't touch yeah. on Diablo 4. That's coming out. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. That's <laughs> also in oh June. God. That's, I think, the week before Final Fantasy 12. Uh, Final Fantasy 16, so that's probably coming out, I think, the week of E3. Oh my god. Um, and then, no. yeah, you have Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes, like the Suikoden yep. spiritual successor. It, 
it's nutty. It's nutty. Yep. Hades 2 is... <laughs> entering early access. Oh. Granted, I don't, that won't really, like, that'll be a huge game, but it'll still be early access. But it's just like, holy crap, Sea of Stars. Uh, oh, Sea of Stars, yeah. That's supposed to be coming that out next, that next year. It, it's like, oh, and you have another Trails game. You have The Legend of Nyuta, The Boundless Trails, the, that spinoff game. That's oh, supposed to come yeah. out next year, too. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh goodness, goodness gracious! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if, like Baldur's Gate three, like damn, that might slip in as like the the not not sleeper because obviously Baldur's Gate is such a huge franchise, and Larian Studios is so well known at this point. But you know, game of the year is gonna be a wild competition. Oh my god! Like this year, you know, everyone's like, oh, I, I to me, I was like, Elden Ring is gonna like. Maybe God of War will get a few, but Elden Ring is going to be mostly, I bet, like 80 to 90% Game of the Year awards for sites mm-hmm. across and critics. Elden Ring, Slam Dunk, that's going to be Game of the Year. Not mine, but I see it. Everyone else's Game of the Year. 23. It is a competition. It is a, it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. And it's, Ooh. and like I, like I mentioned, like we are only talking about the RPGs. <laughs> Yeah. This I mean it's yeah. like Resident Evil 4 the that remake's going to be on the top of a bunch of lists. That's going to be a heavy contender. So, I know Street Fighter 6 it's it's more of an inch cuz it's a fighting game, but everything I've heard all the hype around that that's going to be up there is mm-hmm. is a big one. And it's just like wow. And yeah. and games we don't even know about yet, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. And man, and uh I was gonna say something. Uh damn, I lost my thought. Sorry. It's all good. Oh, I remembered. Um Armored Core is supposed to Right. Armored Core is next year coming out. In the spring. Yeah. yeah, I mean Armored Core is if you ever dived into Armored Core, you would know how systems heavy it is. That game is you know, it's that's an RPG also, if it, you ask me, man. Yeah, it's I am going to be very, very curious to see the reception of a new Armored Core. Like, as a longtime fan, like, played them and have them on PlayStation 1 and PS2, still, like, my old games. And yeah. I'm very curious to see what the reception is going to be when Souls people pick it up because it's from it's a From Software game by the guy who made Dark Souls, and Armored Core are not Dark Souls games. Yeah. They are not... And to their credit, they've been very clear already that it's an armored core game. It's yeah, it's not. This isn't a, like it's not a Souls this isn't, game. Yeah, it's not like we're not trying to make armored core into a Souls like style of game. It's like no, this is going to be armored core, right? Um, which I, I'm, which I kind of you know I want. I, I want like as someone who played armored core like as a dumbass kid and didn't get it at all. Um, I want to. I want to have a modernized version of yeah. that game because it looks so cool. Like, whoa, big robots. We have waited long enough, damn it. That too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so Form Software obviously has a much different pedigree than they did the last time mm-hmm. an Armored Core, ca- Armored Core game came out. So, uh, man, exciting. I know. Exciting. There's a lot of, like, there's some known quantities, but there's a lot of unknown quantities like, coming out. There's a lot, like, 
outside of Zelda, we really don't know much of anything that Nintendo's bringing to the table. Yeah. I mean, we know they have an Advance Wars just waiting in the wings for <laughs> sure. the war in Ukraine to end, apparently. Um, but it's like, we know there's a Metroid Prime for somewhere. Um, yeah. It's... And speak, just going back real quick on the Armored Core topic, I, I talked to some friends about this, and it was like, what a wild timeline we live in that at the game awards call of duty wins like nothing and the penultimate reveal of the show is a new armored core game yeah like yeah what a weird weird world we live in yeah yeah um it's yeah yeah it's, it's it's wild and just like i have my eyes set on blue protocol as well mm hmm uh, which, um, you know, is uh, kind of, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to say it's uh, like Genshin, but it is, you know, the anime style MMO-ish that we're, that we're going to get. Like, that's... Bandai Namco's answer to Genshin. Sure, yeah, okay, that's, that's a good way to put it. And like you said, like, I forgot Starfield. Yeah. What's coming out. And like, that's, you know, when you think about Western games, that has been the one that kind of xbox has in their back pocket of like this is our big hitter it's just a matter of time when we want to release it or Mm -hmm. are ready to release it so you know when people clamoring like oh xbox they they really had a had a had a down year with 2022 you know starfield's kind of there's a lot riding on and you know as someone who likes who liked fallout and elder scrolls over the years this is another rpg that's gonna you know a big deep one too so it's i don't for me, it's strange, but I almost feel like I have Starfield fatigue, even though it's not out yet. <laughs> sure. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I know enough about this. Come on now. And I've been hearing about it for years. Right, and they've been teasing and showing trailers, and it's like, yeah, it looks cool. I think No Man's Sky has turned into a lot of... has done a lot of really cool things and done more um, in the updates, and it's just like, I don't... Starfield is one of those games that's like, yeah, I'll get it, and I'm sure I'll sink a bunch of time into it, but compared to Final Fantasy 16, Baldur's Gate, hell, Trails into Reverie and everything, it's like, it's just kind of, okay, yeah, I'll pick up Starfield, and as opposed to the others where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get my hands on yeah, these yeah, games. Yeah, like, I'm planning, I'm planning my, my time right. around these other games. Starfield's like, oh, it's going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. I'll, I'll play it. Uh, if I don't get like uh, like uh, press release or press code for it, that's fine. It'll be on Game Pass, and I'll see what's up with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I'm just yeah, it's fatigued been, it's, by hearing about Starfield. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's it's no one's fault really. No, it's so. I mean, I was I'm not gonna say like oh I'm worried about it or whatever. No. I'm not worried about it at all. It's a major Microsoft first party game yeah it's gonna be it's it's gonna it's gonna make its money uh it's just uh i don't know to what length because we we've known fallout and elder scrolls for a while to be you know to be known as these games are janky but they have cool systems to mess around with and mm-hmm. wild worlds to explore um and they've kind of been able to hang their hat on that um and starfield seems more ambitious and I think 
devs have said like, hey, yeah, we're we're really nailing down um, the bugs this time. This is going to be a much more uh, cleaner game than our previous games. And I'm like, uh, even if it's even if it's not, that's I don't know. Yeah, that that seems fine. It's just, man, Starfield, come on now. Yeah, I, you know, and that's the thing. It's like it'll sell and it'll be good. But at the same time, I also know, just like all of other Bethesda games, it'll be like fifteen bucks on a Steam sale or like thirty bucks on a Steam sale a few months after. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be so. good. It'll be fun. It's. I'm just ready for it to be out. And yeah. For people to then just rapidly start asking about Elder Scrolls Six again, or Elder Scrolls <laughs> Five. Oh my God! All right. It's get ready it, for that. It, up. It's just gonna go straight from Starfield into when are we hearing about Elder Scrolls Five? When are yeah. we seeing gameplay? But. But yeah, are there, are there any other non-RPG games that you are incredibly excited for though, Mike? Before we huh. head off. Any other non-RPGs? Man, I feel like anything's uh, an RPG if you think about it. I think I have a list. Do I have a list of games I'm looking forward to? Wait a second. Da -da -da -da. We got um, Jedi Survivor coming out. Ah, yeah, that was the one I was going to mention because everything else we've already talked about. <laughs> Yakuza Ishin, 16, Final Engage, Hades 2, Armored Core 6. Jedi Survivor, which yeah, is uh, RPG-ish. More of a metroidvania with skill trees mm -hmm. i would say but yeah jedi survivor seems i'm more excited uh, i'm excited about it for it because you know i think we've heard about the development cycle of fallen order and how respawn like put that game together mm -hmm. very fast and it's a great game especially considering uh the way in which it was made um, and such a such a strong foundation. There there's certain things, you know, as someone who's played Souls games and Metroidvania yeah. before, I'm like, okay, uh, I've seen a lot of this stuff before, done maybe a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, but for Star Wars to go in this direction and execute it quite well, uh, I'm like, God, Fallen Order, like I'm glad, like this is this is cool as fuck. Other than a another Knights of the Old Republic, this is probably the most exciting thing that's come out for Star Wars in a video game sense. So. With more time mm -hmm. and having the foundation already laid out, Jedi Survivor, you know, that's definitely one I'm paying attention to. Yeah, for for me, I think my big one is going to be uh, Resident Evil Four remake. I ah, think that. Yeah. Oh no, probably it, it. Who knows if it might? I could see it coming out next year. Marvel Spider Man Two. Oh sure, yeah. I think well that would be a big yeah, one. I mean, if you think about it, like what else would Sony have in their back pocket for sly the, cooper for 4 they're holding it back for emergencies yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, excuse me sly cooper 5 sly cooper yeah. 4 has already come out um yeah there's there's that uh, yeah but mostly like rpgs man it's the way it's we're the way taking over yeah what one started out of a niche genre is now taking over in every series every genre yeah. needs rpg mechanics and... uh, all your favorite games are now rpgs haha yep. haha -ha. But, well, that is going to do it for the final episode of the year of RPG University. Mike, thank you so much for coming on and just, like, looking ahead at what mm -hmm. utterly fantastic RPGs we have to look forward to in the next 360-some-odd days. <laughs> yep. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's, it's always good to chop it up with you. 
easy like it's likewise very easy to talk uh and chop it up on this podcast so you know thank you thank you for having me i i am curious how is your uh negotiation to get blessing to play the trails games (laughs) is is that going anywhere we're uh our uh our talks our negotiations have uh been at a standstill a little bit so uh i'm not you know okay i'm sorry I'm, no I'm sorry. no it's fine it's <laughs> it's much like trails it's the long haul you're in it for the yeah. long haul absolutely but no uh absolutely <laughs> always wonderful to talk to you mike um yeah. hopefully at some conference at some show can grab a drink with you or something and just shoot the shit in person with you oh uh, yeah where can yeah, people we'll, find we'll you online what do you got oh you you can find me and all my bullshit at Michael Pheim on Twitter for as long as Twitter lasts. And uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I think I said at the top, I'm on vacation. I'm chilling, um, which is great because I have so much to catch up on. Like y'all said, I still need to, I'm trying to finish my way through Pokemon. Uh, I still got Trails of Zero, so I'm just going to be gaming. If you just want to catch up with the things I'm doing or whatever, uh, Twitter is the best way. Um, but Going into 2023, uh, you can expect a lot of coverage of 6.3 for Final Fantasy XIV, uh, guides and such, uh, patch notes coverage of all the exciting stuff coming to the critically acclaimed MMORPG, still doing that grind. But for the rest of the year, like 23, like we said, looking at all the games that are coming out, it's going to be an exciting year for games coverage, which I'm going to be deep into throughout the year. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, it's going to be a great time. Going to be a great time indeed. And thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. I very much appreciate it. If you have a favorite RPG you are looking forward to, be sure to tweet at me at Professor RPG, where you can also find me on, let's see, what are the other potential social medias? Uh, like Beehive or something? Hive, I think <laughs> I'm also <laughs> Professor RPG. Uh, Instagram? Are you on Instagram at all? I am on Instagram. I don't have a, a uh, an RPG University Instagram. I have a personal one that wow. I really don't do anything on. Uh, I'm on RPG University is on TikTok. I haven't figured out what I'm doing on TikTok yet, but mm. I'm on there. Wow. Uh, I could never figure out Mastodon, so I'm not on there. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I will say that if you want a platform to grow on, the best one to invest in is TikTok. So. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's 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 people are looking for RPG content. Maybe they're on TikTok scrolling through their for you page, and maybe they'll get a little bit of a RPG. I'll I'll I'll. That's I'm glad I I landed. I snagged the the handle on TikTok. So I'll yeah. I'll rack your brain on all those pro <laughs> strats to uh, jump sure, on. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, you can also find the show, like I said, here on Twitter at our. Or you can submit your favorite RPGs or RPGs you're looking forward to directly here on Twitter at underscore RPG University. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind in one another. Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2023. Peace.